You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you, I'll probably be some emotional today just because I've missed you guys so much and because of this message, because, you know, the amazing thing, and you saw it at the video at the very beginning, I am totally, totally thankful and impressed and inspired by each one of you because when the world stopped, you didn't. Like when everybody said stop, you didn't. And it wasn't that you didn't do what you were supposed to do as far as respecting authorities. It wasn't that we were, were these activists out there. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about some sort of political. What I'm talking about is that when, when people said stop, you did what you were supposed to do, yet you kept doing all the things that you needed to do. And I think that's the essence of Paul when he writes to the church of Thessalonica. And when we look at this greeting that we're going to talk about, and then it goes into this, this so that. There's actually two so that's that we're going to look at this morning that follow back to back. It's one of the few times in God's word where I call it the double down. He kind of doubled down on the so that. And I want to read it for you so you kind of understand what I'm talking about. And if you're taking notes, make sure you write some of these things down. But it's in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 2. And this is what I would tell you as a pastor this, this is me personally telling you how I feel. Are you ready? Verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you. I don't mind using first person. I give thanks to God always for all of you. And then he says this. Constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father. So there's three activities that Paul is writing to this church of Thessalonica, that he says, you know what, there's three things that I'm going to do, three actions. I'm going to give thanks, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to remember. I'm going to give thanks for you and who you are. I'm going to pray. I'm going to constantly remember and pray for you. But then this third one was what was so intriguing to me, and I'm going to remember you know, there's no greater time than, than a Mother's Day or, or a Father's Day or a, or a holiday or a Christmas or a Thanksgiving that especially as you get older, you will find yourself starting to remember and think back more of what everything or who people were to you. And that's what I think Paul was talking about. You know, I'm going to remember you. And then he gives these three amazing things that he remembers them for. Are you ready? I'm going to keep reading in verse 3. He says, I'm going to re- remember you. And he gives us these three, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Three things he's remembering, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I just want to break those down for just a second, and then we're going to jump and get to the so that. But the first thing he talks about, he says, you know what? I'm going to remember you. The reason why I have this fondness, the reason why I'm thankful for you, the reason why I'm constantly praying for you, the things that I'm remembering about you is the fact that, you know what? You were faithful in what you did. You worked based on faith. You know, James, James, I'm going to flip there super quick. James chapter 2 gives us an insight into this. Can I read this? What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacked in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for their body, what good is that? So also, by itself, faith, 
without works is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is a God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. See, the concept that's here, and I want you to catch this, is it's one thing to talk about having a faith. It's another thing to demonstrate through your actions and your works what your faith is. See, when I, when I look at the last six weeks and we go back and we, we always are going to have this memory, this is going to be one of those things we talk about for, for many, many years to come, and obviously we don't know exactly where it's going. We don't know if there's going to be any. We have no idea. You know, if we would all be truthful, there's 50 million opinions, and everybody's got one, and the reality is, is probably none of them really matter. Because the reality is it's going to do what it's going to do. And we're going to respond, and we're going to be great at what we're doing to respond correctly. But when I think about these last six weeks, one of the things that I was so intrigued with is that at no point for a lot of you guys did you stop letting your faith be demonstrated in your works. There were people that were needing groceries, and you provided groceries. There were people that were needing help with tornadoes, and you helped with tornadoes. There were people, I mean, there were schools that were needing supplies to deliver food, and you did that. Like, I could go on and on and on and on. You showed up online, even though you weren't in person here. You did all the things, and it made me realize one simple question. Is your faith hitting a point in your life that it dictates what your works are, or do you let what you're doing, your works, your activities, dictate your faith? See, I think that's the concept that's so intriguing here that what Paul's talking about with this church at, the, at Thessalonica is he's saying, you know what, rather than doing what you want to do and saying, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to do my own thing, and oh, by the way, yeah, I have this faith, he says, no, no, no. I'm going to let my faith trump what I do, and depending on what I'm doing will dictate where my faith stands. See, faith without works is dead. Even the demons believe and tremble. What makes our belief different? Because we had something to it. We had works. Now, don't mishear me. I am not talking about a works-based faith that gets you to Christ. Jesus Christ is very clear. He says, it's by grace you were saved, not by works that any man should boast. But it's a free gift from God. But you would fool yourself. You would fool yourself if you ever thought that having faith meant that you're done. That's what Paul's talking about. The second thing that he talks about is not only this works-based faith, but he talks about this labor of love. How appropriate on Mother's Day that we talk about labor, a labor of love. Has anybody ever done something that was hard? Has anybody ever done something that was tough? Has anybody ever went through a time and you're going, you know what, really if it wasn't for the love of whoever I'm doing this for, I would have stopped a long time ago. For everybody in this room, that's why we celebrate Mother's Day. Why? Because you coming into this world was not easy. I know you don't really think about that a whole lot. But your first moments were the toughest. Somebody went through major pain and major agony and not only carried you around for nine months and became very uncomfortable, but they also went through the process of birthing you. And guess what? That was not easy. It was truly a labor of love. Now, being the typical man, you know what I realize about that? You don't spend a lot of time talking about it. I get the common cold, I'm shut down for two days. 
I get a splinter in my finger and I'm complaining. I'm not going to try to act like I understand what exactly that means. But for the mothers in the room, you do, don't you? You know what I was so intrigued with, with the birth of my five children? Is how quickly somebody could go from great pain and agony to looking refreshed and renewed and ready to hold their child. Like in a matter of moments, in literally a matter of seconds, it goes from pain and agony and labor to rejoicing and excited. And let me hold him. Let me hold her. Put her on my chest. Put him on my chest. Let's have this bond. You know, I think that's exactly what God's talking about when he talks about this aspect of faith. That you are going to find in your own life that in some of the darkest, frustrating, hard, laboring moments, that in an instant, life will be brought in and you're going to rejoice. But not only do you talk about this aspect of of works with faith and this labor of love, but then the last one, he talks about this steadfast hope. He said this steadfast hope in Jesus Christ. Now, it's ironic here because if you know anything about Pauline writing, when he was writing and doing different things, Paul would constantly put whatever was the emphasis at the end. If you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, he says, Now abide, faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. He would always put the emphasis or whatever he was emphasizing at the end. In this one, he says, you know what? Now you have faith. Now you have love. But look what he puts at the end. Hope. Steadfast hope in Jesus Christ. Can I hit something very, very quickly? You want me to tell you one of the reasons why God is in the midst of chasing you and God is in the midst of pursuing you and God is in the midst of doing the things that he's doing in your life? Because you have people in your life that have hope that God's not done with you yet. Do you know that fits no matter where you're at? Whether you're struggling right now and trying to figure out who this thing called Jesus or who Jesus is as a person. Whether you've hit a situation, you've had some stuff come up in your life and you say, what stuff? You know what I'm talking about. You know the stuff? The stuff like that you know about that a lot of other people don't know about. That's tough. It's hard, it's a struggle, that no matter where you're at, there's somebody that's not only praying for you, there's not only somebody that's, that's loving you, but they're doing those things because they have a hope that is deeper than your current situation. They have a hope in a Jesus that says, you know what, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. See, that's what's so cool about Mother's Day, because that's what, moms are usually ultimate optimists, aren't they? Like, like, they'll sit there, and, and no matter what you're doing, they will put up with it to an extent. But they're usually some of your biggest fans because they always know there's something more that you can be if you'll trust in Christ. Like most of the adults in the room, I'm not really talking to my teenagers today. I'm not really talking to the children today. I'm really talking about the adults The reason why Mother's Day is a big deal to you is because you had somebody, probably a mom in your life, that never gave up on you. And you're probably wondering, man, why did they not 
Like, I've made some decisions. Like, what in the world? What was it that helped her or helped that person? Hang on. Let me tell you what it was. They had a hope that was greater than just you. They had a hope for you, not a hope in you. That's the reason why sometimes you can make poor decisions and it can be very crushing, but their love never changes. Because they have a hope for you, not a hope that's in you. Because they know that you're going to fall. They know that you're going to struggle. They know that you're going to have issues. But they also know that with Christ, all things become possible. Even the knucklehead teenager can turn into something amazing as an adult through Jesus. You say, Mickey, what's the point to all this? Well, that's really just the setup to get to the so that. Those three things are really important, but he says this because he wants us to understand something in verse 6. Listen to verse 6. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Can I put that in everyday terminology? What Paul is talking about is, you know what? You accepted Jesus' teachings. You've accepted the things that we've told you. You've become obedient to God's word. Because of that, why are we obedient? Well, here's the first so that. Are you ready? This joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers. You became an example to all believers. See, the first so that that I want you to get this morning is as we're pursuing Christ, is there had to be something more. Like when we're doing these things that we're doing, we're gathering together and we're excited and we're worshiping and we're fired up and we're doing these things, you know, there's got to be something more, Right? Like, I don't know about you, but, but there's a part of me that constantly says there has to be something more that he wants us to do. Like, the, this can't be the end game. Like, my life can't just be the end game. There, there has to be something that's being passed on. And in that process, like my obedience, there, there has to be something to this obedience. Like, getting up to be obedient just to be obedient, we call that legalism. But getting up and being obedient because I'm chasing after Christ because there's something more that he has for me, and I want to obtain that, not for myself, but for those around me, well, we call that a relationship. And he says, you know what, there is something more. Because in the process of becoming like us, and he said us being Paul, and he also said God, he said in taking those teachings, what you've done is you've become an example. See, here's the other crazy part. I've had a chance to hang out with more and more and more of you over the last two and a half years, fixing to be three years in September. And it's always funny, especially when we get away from this building and we're sitting at your shop or we're, or we're doing something or we're shooting guns or we're what, whatever we're doing, eating, especially eating. And we're talking and somehow your past comes up or my past comes up and you hit that moment where you start telling those funny stories. Yeah, you start kind of reminiscing. And isn't it funny how you start reminiscing and you start kind of, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people's reaction to me is they're like, wow, I, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that that's what you used to be like. I didn't know that was what life was like before Christ. I didn't know that's what you were like as a teenager. I didn't know that's what you were like in college. I didn't know that's what you were like, whatever it may be. But what's amazing is that in that process, no matter where we were, through Christ, catch this, he makes us to become an example. See, your obedience 
is not just about you. You've, you've heard me say this over and over. If you don't hear anything, please hear this. Everything that God's doing in your life, from your comeback, from your setback, to your obedience, everything that he's doing in your life, though he's totally enthralled and in love with you, it never is just about you. It's about everybody else as well. And he's using you to become an example. But he's not just using you to come to example. Listen to what else he's saying. Listen to this. Very good. Verse 8. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth uh, in front of you, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. And then here's the second, so that. So that we did not say anything. See, not only is he propping you up through obedience to become an example, but in that process he's also using your faith so that other people don't have to say anything. I had an older gentleman one time in my life said, Mickey, if you ever want to know who's right or wrong in an argument, it's very simple. He said, see who's not talking so much. And I thought, at the time, I was roughly about 17 years old, and I thought, okay, old man, whatever that means. And you know what I realized when I got older? You ever want to know who's right in an argument? It's usually pretty simple. Look at the one that's not talking. Because you know what? Truth don't have to fight. Truth fights for itself. And when you look at those different things and you look at those different concepts and you look at what God's doing and your obedience and what's going on, the amazing thing that's going on is the fact that not only is he putting you as an example, but he's also putting you in faith so that other people don't have to talk for you. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. God so that for your life is that you would be put in a situation that you don't have to have somebody to defend you, but that your obedience and your faith defends itself. See, that's really the essence of what your mother is hoping for. Everybody in this room has a mom. And everybody, I guarantee you, whether they're living or passed on, they desire something greater than where you are right now. As amazing as life is, no matter where you are, you know what? There was a hope that they had that you would obtain every single thing that God would want in your life. And you know what that takes place? From you being obedient to him and you having faith. You all want to talk about faith for just a second? Because in Matthew, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and this is something that hit me during the last six weeks. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, it talks about if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can look at the mountain and you can say, move and the mountain will move. You want me to tell you something that really transitions and makes people go, and they stop talking? When they see mountains move. See, when you see a mountain move in somebody's life, you know what you quit doing? You quit talking about them and you start looking at the mountain. And you go, wow, look at what just happened. You say, well, Mickey, that sounds great, but my issue is I, I don't feel like a lot of times that that takes place in my life. Can I tell you why? You're so caught up in talking about your mountains that you're not speaking to them. Like your life is built around you trying to explain the mountains. Well, you know, I, I've had this in my life for a long time, and I don't know, it's just a struggle that I've had. You know, I've had this relationship, or I've had this, or I've had this struggle, I've had this addiction. Like, you're so caught up in talking to the mountains that you don't realize that you're actually just, like, one shovel at a time, you're just making the mountain bigger. You know what God's Word says? Quit talking about the mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. 
It doesn't say if you'll talk to the mountain, the mountain will move. It says if you have the faith of the mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and tell it to move, and it will move. See, I think for some of us, here, here was the aha moment for me. I think for some of us today, what we have to understand is there's people in our lives that they can't do it for you, but they know the answer, and they're trying to hint at you to do it, and what they're saying is, hey, use your words. Anybody ever heard that? Speak to the mountain. Tell it to move. You know, we can look at so much in, in God's word that talks about this aspect of faith. It talks about this aspect of obedience. It talks about this concept of, of how through him he can do all these things. We talk about how he's made us more than conquerors. We talked about last week how he's come to give us life and give us life more abundantly. We can keep thinking about all those things and we sit there and sometimes, I don't know about you, I'll talk about me. Sometimes I feel like I don't live a so that life, I live a less than life. And whenever I start feeling like I live a less than life, you know what I start realizing? It's all due to what I'm focusing and speaking about. Like when I'm focused on all the things that I'm wanting to try to climb or change or do better or things I'm struggling with, it has a way to start to distract me. But whenever I start focusing on obedience and God's teaching, whenever I start giving thanks to the people that have been a part of my life and giving the aspect of praying for them and start remembering the examples they've given me for the way that they work with their faith, not their faith works, but they let their faith go about what they're going to do and work in. Whenever I looked at them in the way they have labors of love, the way I look at them and see they have steadfast hope, and I start thinking, you know what, these people are bigger than me, they understand more than me, and yet they are spending time for me, and I start focusing on those things, it makes me start realizing, wow, God's given me an example. God's given me somebody to look at with faith. And I need to start adhering to that, and I need to start speaking to the mountains in my life so that I can see them move. So that I can stop speaking for myself but God can speak for me because the mountains are moving. You say, Mickey, what's, what's that got to do with me? You know, I, I came here, I was excited. You know, I, I came here because, honestly, I hadn't been in church in six weeks and I was excited and I'm ready to go. I came here because, you know, it's Mother's Day. And my mom said, hey, you want to go to church? I said, Okay. Some of you are joining us online and, and you're dressed up because you got the message. And, and here in a little while when we get done and we open things up and we do some different things, you're going to come by and pick up some gifts that we have for you. And we're looking forward to that. But I want you to understand something. There's something bigger that's going on today. You know, like, like we strategically thought through the different worship songs that you were going to be singing. And I want you to think back to what you just sang just a few minutes ago. The fact that there's a blessing that's been put on your life. That's for your children and their children and their children and their children. Through generations and generations and generations. And not only is there a blessing that's been spoke of your life, this priestly blessing. There's also, that's out of the book of Numbers. There's also this major concept that God has a way of no matter where you're at. He can take 
a grave that houses death. And he can make it a garden that houses life. And he also, he's talking about the fact that this is what it sounds like when dead bones start rattling. Yeah, I don't want to just talk about moms today because to be honest with you, as a pastor, you would think, I joke around about this. I never imagined that the three hardest days to ever preach about would be literally Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas. But those are the toughest ones, it seems like. You want to celebrate moms, at the same time you want to be sensitive to those that aren't. You want to celebrate amazing ladies, but you want to be sensitive at the same time. But you know what I do know? Every person in here has an amazing godly lady in their life. It could be a mom, it could be a wife, it could be a girlfriend, it could be a grandmother, it could be an aunt. But everybody in this room has had some sort of an amazing godly lady figure in your life has wanted more than what you've currently accepted. And I just want to ask you, how long are you going to stand in front of the mountain and keep talking about it? Like at what point do you finally say, you know what, I'm going to quit acknowledging and giving that mountain my time I'm going to quit spending all of my words that are precious. I'm going to quit spending all of my time that's limited. And I'm going to quit focusing on the mountain. And I'm going to start speaking to it. Because there's a so that life on the other side of that mountain that I've got to get to. You say, Mickey, what if it doesn't move? It'll move. Mickey, I've never seen something. Never? You know what that means? It means you're long overdue. I, too, was very active in church, serving on staff. Thought I understood all of God's blessings, all of God's word, and thought that I really understood this thing called faith. Until all of a sudden a situation hit where for the first time in my life I gravitated and I stopped talking about the mountain and I started speaking to it and I watched God do amazing things. You know what's amazing is once the mountain starts to move you don't stop. You say well make you give me an example. Remember those godly ladies I was talking about? <laughs> That's why they haven't stopped on you. They've seen you making steps. They've seen you moving forward. But more importantly, we want to see your mountains move. This Mother's Day, I, I want to honor our mothers by moving towards the finish of their prayers for you. By moving towards their greatest desire. You see, Mickey, well, my, my mom may not have been a 
spiritual role model in my life. Well, but there's somebody. And today, on Mother's Day, what better time to take a step towards finishing what God started in your life? For some of you, it's, it's accepting Christ your Lord and Savior for the first time. Like, I know we've got people online that are watching with their moms in the living room. We've got some of you that, you say, Mickey, this, this whole, like, God thing kind of freaks me out because I just don't really know exactly, like, I mean, the reality is I don't want to give anything up. Like, I've always heard that if you accept Christ, you've got to give up a bunch of stuff. Can I give you some freedom today? You don't have to give anything up. But you have to start with an accepting of Jesus Christ. And after you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, do a simple prayer. At that point, let him start dictating the things that he puts in your heart. See, I'm confident in this. You've heard me say this already. He, being Jesus, who begins a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it. That's the reason why I don't get up here and talk about, like, you can't do this, you're terrible. No, God looked at you and says, woo, man, that's one of my kids. Man, I love them. They are more than a conqueror. I made them a little less than, just a little, just, I mean, a smidgen less than the angels. When we'll be obedient. But it's going to take you. Or some of you say, man, yeah. I've accepted Christ, man, but unfortunately, man, life has hit me. I mean, if you think this coronavirus hit you in the last six weeks, you should see what happened in my life. I went on a party. I went on a date. I went on blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I had no idea the Pandora's box that was opening up. And, man, I'm sitting, and I just, I mean, I love Jesus, but I just don't know what to do. It's time to start speaking directly at the mountain. And then there's a last group here that usually fits in those first two groups. But it's the amazing godly ladies that are getting tired of praying for the same thing for their kids or for their loved ones. Listen to me. Don't stop. God is doing something amazing. God's not done with them. And he wants you to be steadfast in that hope. Me and my brother lost our father right before we turned 13. I turned 13. He was fixing to be 17. You say, how in the world did you get from from a father committing suicide and some poor choices as a teenager, and then where God has you now, which is totally is, I felt disqualified. You know why? Because I had a lady that didn't quit praying. So for you moms, you godly ladies, don't quit now. As long as you have a breath, Pray. Continue to do works in faith for them. Continue to have labors of love. 
but especially hold out on hope in Jesus Christ so that one day they can be an example and their faith will take us to a place where you don't even have to use your words. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.